0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info.fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
1: for you because he's the only one that can fix it he's the only one that can and so maybe right now you're facing something and it's just a it's a fear and you're like I mean I don't know what to do it's a fear of the unknown a fear of the future maybe a fear of an issue with your finances or maybe your health it's just a fear of what's to come whatever that is let's just turn it over right now the only one who can fix it, the only one who can make it better, the only one that can lead you out of the hole that you feel like you've gotten yourself into. Let's just spend a little time in prayer with him, just asking him to intervene, to do battle on our behalf. God, we know that you have us and we know that there's nothing that we can face that you can't handle. So Lord, we come before you this morning, some of us with a really heavy heart. We need you just to take that weight off of us because you're the only one that can. We need you to fix our health. Maybe it's a family member's health that just got a, a really tough prognosis with something, an illness. You're the great healer. You're the only one that can fix that. You're the only one that can heal that. So we give them over to you right now. Lord, for some of us, we, man, we just don't know where we're gonna get mortgage for the next month. Financially, we've just been hit hard. But Lord, we know that you are the great provider. You're the only one that can give us provision. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. You're the only one that can. You're the only one that can fix this. So we give this over to you too. We worship you this morning. We worship you that you love us so much that you wanna bring us through this stuff. You wanna bring us through these trials. You want us, Lord God, in the middle of the storm to be over to be able to look over and see your face. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for our worship time this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this new perspective that you've been able to give us. We pray for protection and mercy and provision Lord, for healing. We pray that. We pray that those things would manifest in our lives right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a praise offering. God's so worth it. Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. If you guys, as you guys make your way back to your seats, if you're a guest or a visitor this morning here in our auditorium, we thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, We would love to have you register uh, as a guest with us. And then if you're watching from home this morning, also, if you're maybe a first-time guest, it's really easy to register here at Fellowship. All you gotta do is take out your device as far as your phone or your tablet or whatever, and text Fellowship. the word fellowship to 94,000. When you do that, you register here at fellowship. You'll be given some more information about how you can get involved here at fellowship a little bit more. Uh, we have guest receptions on a monthly basis for you to be able to uh, attend and uh, get to know us a little bit better, get to know the facilities because uh, this place can be a little big at times. So you get tours, get an opportunity to meet some of our staff uh, as well as learn how you can better connect here. But other than that, make yourself at home. Thank you so much for choosing Fellowship Church this morning as your church family. Well, we're gonna continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you have come prepared to give back to the Lord. We've been worshiping him with song. Now we're gonna worship him with giving. It's very easy to give here at Fellowship. Of course, we don't pass plates. uh, We just... Basically, the easiest way is to, once again, use your handheld device. You can text tithe. You can give through the Church Center app, which is probably the easiest, or through our website. And then if you do have a tithe or an offering that you have here uh, this morning, like me, I'm old school. I still write checks. Yes, old school. Just write them out, baby. That's old school. Is it crazy that you call check writing old school? Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you have one of those old things that are pieces of paper that you would like to stick in our offering boxes, you can do so in the lobby. We have several of those uh, out there for you. But other than that, let's just pray and ask God to bless as we give this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you so much uh, for everything you've done for us. And we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And I pray right now that as we give to you, Lord, that you would unlock the blessings that you speak about in your word as far as into our lives, that your blessing and favor would manifest in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that as we give, everything that would come in would be to your honor and glory, Lord, and sufficient for your church's needs. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give.
2: Well, good morning. Good morning. Man, it's good to see y'all here, and I'm so excited about our lead pastor's message this morning. It is gonna be so good. We're talking about it a little bit, and I'm excited to hear it today. It is just gonna be great. And it is wonderful that this is choir day. Love having the praise team expanded up on our platform. Love the energy they bring. Love their their anointing that's on their life. And I just wanna make mention to you, those of you that are home, that we're hoping that there's gonna be a time come very, very soon where you feel comfortable coming back into the church, coming back and worshiping among and with your church family. And whenever that time is, whenever you feel comfortable, come on back. We'd love to have you. There is nothing like worshiping in a live worship service with a live band of people. I just do not believe that while you're sticking that pancake bite in your mouth, you're worshiping like what you would do here in this worship center. So I hope to see you again really, really soon. Next week is Memorial Day weekend and we have a couple of hundred people that are gonna be going up to the mountains in Cedar Ridge to, uh, to camp and it is gonna be wonderful. Adults are gonna be gone for supervision. There's gonna to be tons of kids that are going uh, and lots of people travel during Memorial Day weekend. So our lead pastor asked me to start a two-week series next Sunday. Now, I said to him, you know there's gonna be a lot of people gone. He said, that's why I want you to speak. That's what he said. (laughs) But I am very excited about this because many of us, many of us know that God will save you through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have a home forever in heaven and the greatest life you can possibly live. We know the only way to go to heaven is through a relationship with Christ. We get that. But here's what I wanna ask you. Do you know that God knows what it takes to make you happy. Here's the title of the series next week, Even Now. And here's my question. Even after the mistakes that you've made, even after some of the stupid things that we have done, even after we have gone through life and we've had our hearts broken and we've been betrayed more than once, Even after we were counting on growing old with a person that we love very much and they went on home to be with the Lord. My question to you is even after everything that you've experienced in this life, even now, do you believe God can still give you the greatest life that you can possibly live? Do you believe that God knows what it takes to make you happy? Next Sunday, we're starting the series called even now. If you have family members that are in town, bring them to church with you. If you are not leaving town, come on to church next week. Come on back. We'd love to see you. Love to, love to just spend some time with you in the house of God. I've got some more announcements for you. You're going to hear a great song, and then our pastor is going to come and speak to us.
0: Camp 4640 is this week. If you are looking for any sort of information for your camper on what team they are on, or if you have any questions for the youth staff, they will be at the west end of the lobby. Look for the Camp 4640 information sign and they will take care of you. Coming up in July is the Super Kids Conference. It's gonna be July 18th through the 20th. It's a great event for the elementary age students. There's gonna be so many different things to do there from the brand new kids castle to sliming the pastors. It's a staycation style event where there's gonna be sessions and services with amazing worship, great teaching, but also a whole lot of fun. So campers will go home each night and they'll come back for the schedule, you can check the Church Center app, and we ask you to please sign up on the Church Center app. But if you have any questions, you can stop by the Info Center to learn more. I hope you guys have enjoyed the choir today. They are so awesome. They add so much to our services. As a special treat, we have a choir special. Wait, there's a choir special today? How come they didn't return my calls about joining the choir? I didn't think that addition was that weird. I don't know. Either way. I hope you enjoy today's choir special.
3: Well, first off, don't we have an amazing choir? Aren't you thankful for them? Guys, I know we already talked about this just a moment ago, mentioning camp, but as a parent who's had to deal with quarantines and COVID and masks and all of that, I wonder how many parents in this room are just thanking God that your kids are gonna get out of your house next week. Thank you, Jesus, praise God. Get out, right? Like, I love you, you're awesome, that's wonderful. This is too much time together. You just need to go. You need to go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My my kids are on the front row right now, and uh, I've gotta apologize, because I'm actually not really sorry. You need to go. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think we all feel that way sometimes, and I'm excited about what's gonna take place. I know it's not gonna just be a getaway, but God is gonna move in incredible ways. And I believe God wants to move in this room today. We've been talking um, about walking with Jesus, right? This year, we've been talking about walking with him. What's it look like to live life with him? So we've been looking at his teachings. We've been looking at his actions. And today, I wanna look at a very famous teaching that he has. The title of my message of The Steps to Happiness. I wonder, how many of you wanna be happy, right? If you didn't put your hand up, I don't know what's wrong with you. Just get out of here, right? Like, but, but we all wanna be happy, and I, I think the truth is we all wanna be happy all of the time. But here's the difficult thing with that. Nobody's happy all the time, except crazy people, <laughs> right? It's like we want to be happy, but, but sometimes the circumstances of life cause us to find ourselves in situations where we don't find ourselves very happy. And uh, I I found a passage of scripture. It's a teaching from Jesus and and walking with Jesus. It's a teaching. uh, One of his most famous teachings in the Bible is the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapters four, five, and six. And today I want to look specifically at part of his teaching uh, in Matthew chapter five called the Beatitudes. Why is it called the Beatitudes? Because every one of them starts with a B. It's as simple as that. And, um, He uses the word blessed in this. And using the word blessed in this, uh, I think what happens a lot of times when you and I think about being blessed, where does your mind go first? I I know to be honest for me, and I think for many of us, my mind goes money. If we're talking about blessings, money. I I want more money. I want more stuff, that's what a blessed life is, right? I wanna have uh, like overflow in my bank account, I wanna have the boat, I wanna have the RV, I wanna have the vacation home, I want, I want all the stuff, right? We think blessings that way and we really reduce what, what God is trying to teach us and how he's designed us and what he wants for us when we take the word blessed and we break it down to something as simple as just resources. Because the same word that Jesus uses for blessed um, we see in the New Testament and the Gospels is the word makarios, which it's a Greek word and it can be transliterated as the same word as happiness. Happiness. So if you want to be happy, then then he teaches us what the steps are. It's like, you can imagine uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sits down to teach, and it's like, it, you know, he's saying, well, what am I gonna teach? And you can just imagine, someone. Uh, uh, hey, Jesus. He's like, yes, you, you over there. Uh, no, no, not you, you in the tie-dye shirt, you. Yeah, how can I help you? Uh, yes, Jesus, I wanna be happy. And I think for a lot of us, If we were able to speak to Jesus now, I know there would be a lot of depth of of things we would talk about, but on a surface level, a lot of us would ask Jesus the question, God, I wanna be happy. How do I get happy? Like, I want some peace in my life. I want some joy in my life, some fulfillment in my life. How do I get happy? And he sits the, the people down on this mountainside and he begins to teach them eight, Things that are that all happy people have in common. That if you want to be happy, this is going to be a trait that you have. If you want to be happy, this is going to be something that you understand. That, that this goes beyond just being blessed, it goes beyond just like fi- financial things. This, this, this is like, do you, do you want happiness in your soul? Do you want happiness from a day to day life? I I know that we try to look for happiness in every different way. How many of you wanna be happy? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I wanna be happy. You can tell them, I'm happy I'm sitting next to you right now. But that's not enough, I need more. Like we all want happiness, but here is what I want to point out about the teachings of Jesus, before I dive into the scripture in Matthew chapter 5, uh, we see that Jesus starts to talk about the things that make us happy. And what is so frustrating as a believer, what's frustrating as a Christian, especially if you're new to following Jesus, is you will start to understand that the teachings of Jesus are countercultural. What do I mean by that? I mean, we all have an idea, and our culture has an idea of the different things that we think are the answers to the different questions that we have. And when Jesus teaches, it goes in the exact opposite direction. It's countercultural to what the world would say. So Jesus starts teaching on happiness, and you're like, "That doesn't make any sense at all." Uh, like, and He does this in so many different teachings. It's like, uh, I want to be uh, encouraged today. So what does Jesus teach us? then you need to be an encouragement to other people. No, I, Jesus, did you hear me? What I said is I want someone to come encourage me. And he said, I, I want you to go encourage other people. Are you listening? Like, like Okay, God, um, I, I, want, I want more money, I need more resources. Then he goes, I want you to uh, be more generous and give more generously. No, you just you didn't hear me, Jesus, because what I just said is I don't have resources. I need I I, I, I'm stuck now. Like I, I need more money. I can't pay the bills. And he said, Yeah, I want you to be more generous. So what does the world teach? The world teaches you need to save up as much as you can. The world, you need encouragement, then, then read yourself a happiness book, a self-help book. Find, find some way to encourage yourself. No one else will encourage you, you encourage yourself. That's what the world teaches. He is counter-cultural in everything he teaches. And when you read what Jesus says are the steps to being blessed or the steps to being happy, you go, that don't make no sense. So I wanna just go ahead and dive right in here, Matthew chapter five. And and I know so many of you have heard this text before, but I wanna pray for you before we get into this text, because this text, the Beatitudes, is as simple as it is complex. And you can very easily just skim over it and miss the depths of truth that God wants to speak into your life. So I wanna pray for you right now because you don't just need more information, what you need is revelation. That you need God to reveal to you what's going on in your heart, why you're not happy, where you're at in this, and where you're at in the journey with God. So I want us to pray right now, and each of you individually pray and ask God, God, would you speak to me personally? Would you reveal this to me personally? So Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name right now, and we pray that as we get into your word, that it wouldn't... It wouldn't be Dan up here speaking, but God, we would let your words speak to us. Like God, I pray you would use me as a conduit, but God, it wouldn't be my opinions that go forward, it would be your word and your truth. And I pray whether we've heard this a thousand times or this is the first time, I pray right now, God, we open our hearts to you that you can change us and grow us. So Lord, I pray right now that you would Break down any walls, any barriers that we have, any distractions, anything that the enemy is trying to use to cause us to not experience what you want for us today. God, we push that aside. We push aside unforgiveness and frustration and anger with the kids and and just being exhausted. God, I'm just sensing a feeling of like fatigue. Not just tired from lack of sleep, but tired from life, God. I pray all that stuff we do be able to just push aside it in this moment, rest in you and be taught by you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Matthew chapter five, verse one says, now when he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down and his disciples came to him and he began teaching them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember, it's the same word, it can be transliterated as happy. So you can read, happy, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. comforted. Happy are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Happy are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And happier are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know about you, but I read this and I'm going, "This is what I was talking about being countercultural teaching." Does any of that stuff sound like things that'll make you happy? Happy are you when you're sad in mourning? Happy are you when you're brokenhearted? Happy are you when you're meek? Happy are you when you're just hungering and thirsty, thirsting for righteousness? Happy are you when you're merciful, pure in heart, peacemaking? Happy are you when you're persecuted? Like, It is weird, but what is God saying? He's saying, I know what the world would tell you is the world would tell you you're only gonna be happy when circumstances are right. So the world is trying to pacify you and get you to find any means you can and you will justify those means in order to be able to find a passing pleasure that will just numb you for a moment. But he's saying, I know how I created you. And I know what you're designed for and you're designed to live a life with me, to glorify me. And he's saying, if I did that, then you need to understand that this was how you were designed and you're only gonna feel, find fulfillment and happiness and be blessed in life when you understand these principles. And it's not like Jesus just sat down unprepared, like people started coming up and asking him questions. So he's like, oh, I wasn't ready for this. I, Peter, I left my notes in the boat. i like, um, could you, could you, help me out, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. No, Jesus very much so knew us and knows us now, and he thought through, and he didn't just randomly throw ideas together, because what I want to point out today is as you look at this, you will see, it's interesting that, that if you look closely at this teaching, you will see that there is a logical progression to the steps that he takes us through here in this walk towards happiness. That there's a progression, That it's like you pass kindergarten so you can pass first grade, so then you can go on to second grade and pass it, and go on to third grade and pass it. There's a progression that takes place, and a lot of us would, re- would read this and just pick and choose and be like, yeah, I don't know about that other stuff, but I guess I'll try to be merciful. I don't know about all that other stuff, but I guess I'll try to be a peacemaker. And he's saying, "No, no, no, you've you got to understand. There's a progression here. You become happy when you follow these steps. And I want to show you that there's steps here in this countercultural teaching, just by taking you through them one by one. And I, I believe that you'll see the steps. I believe there will be a revelation knowledge in this place today as God shows you these steps. Step one: the first step to being blessed, the first step to being happy. He says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you wanna be happy, if you wanna be satisfied, I know it's countercultural, but, but you gotta be poor in spirit. What, is, what does poor mean? Well, it's just defined as broke, impoverished, lacking, destitute, busted. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, not just in your bank account, but in life, have you ever felt Poor, Like, you just, you don't have enough. You can't, you can't do it right. You know, is, it, is there anyone in here, or is it just me? It's like, man, I, I feel that way sometimes. I feel like I don't have enough. Apparently, you guys are perfect, so I'm just gonna like move forward to the camera here, to the, to the people that, you didn't even make it to church today, so I know <laughs> that you're feeling like, there's times. That you feel like you just don't even have it together. I don't have it in me to get up and get clothes on today, right? I don't have it in me to put my makeup on. Like, I feel broke, I feel busted. Are you guys perfect? Did you ever feel that way too? Like, you gotta talk with me. You gotta understand that this, the word of God is living and active. It, It cuts deep into our hearts and changes us. We gotta respond to it and let us, let it change us. And see, if we look here, Isaiah is a perfect example of someone who was spiritually broke before God. It says, then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among people with fil- filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, Lord of the heaven's army. See, he was poor and here's the important thing. He was willing to admit it. He was willing to admit it. And sorry to pick on you at home. I know, I know there's people at home for many different reasons, but I wonder are you willing to admit when you're, when you're broken spiritually? See, I get lost sometimes, and in the, in the, the truth about the problem with me getting lost is not that I got lost, it's that when I'm not willing to admit it. I've told you this before, and many of you know, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is backseat drivers. I thought I have known. How many of you, just so you know, how many are sitting next to a backseat driver right now, you just admit it? Yes, that's right, sitting next to a backseat driver. Yeah, like, I'm driving right now. Guys, I thought I knew backseat drivers. I've teased that my wife is a backseat driver. I found out she's not. Um, I've teased that my daughter Rachel is a backseat driver. She's not. But I have a 15 year old who is in driver's ed. (laughs) And I had no idea someone knew so much about driving. It's like, I'm driving down the road and it's like, Dad, you didn't come to a complete stop there. Dad, your hands aren't at 10 and 2. Dad, why don't you use your blinker? Dad, you're going five miles over. Look, get out of the car! (laughs) Walk yourself till you get your driver's license. It's like, for crying out loud, and worse than that, I've got a GPS in my car, and I'll turn the GPS on sometimes, so she's telling me, you need to turn up left up here at the sign, and then the GPS turns up, turn left in one quarter mile. I'm like, good Lord, there's too much of this going on. But the problem is, is like I, I've brought this upon myself because what I'll do is I'll go through life, and I'll go through driving sometimes without really paying attention, and I can tend to find myself getting lost. And the problem is not that I got lost. The problem is not being willing to admit it when I'm lost. So Jesus is saying, listen, blessed are the the poor in spirit. Why? Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like when you're finally willing to admit that you're broken, that you're lost. That's the first step. If you want to be happy, the second step is blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Well, if this is a logical progression, blessed are those who mourn. If it's a logical progression, then what am I mourning over? Blessed are those who mourn. Mourn over what? Mourn over the fact that you're poor in spirit. You're mourning over the fact that you've recognized that you're lost. You're mourning over the fact that you recognize that you're broken and you can't do things on your own. This is where Peter was when he denied Christ and and wept over his sins Uh, in Matthew chapter 26. It says, then Peter, Peter, remembered the words that Jesus had spoken, and before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He just lost it over his sins. Have you ever done that? Have you ever got to the point where you're like, I can't get a grip on any of this, I'm just losing it? And you just absolutely mourn and lose it over the fact that you've made mistakes, that you got got sin, a sinful nature in you. I can remember back when I was like six years old, um, and I, I, we were still living in Texas at the time, I think, and I, I remember... Uh, just in the middle of the night, remember, like I felt like I didn't recognize that what was going on at the time, but I felt like I was remembering all of these things that I'd done. I remembered lying uh, to my parents. I remember getting in a fight with my sister. I remembered uh, like all these different things. And I got up in the middle of the night and went and woke my parents up and, like, guys, guys. And I'm like, whoa, ah, it freaked them out. And, like, uh, I got to tell you, I lied to you about this. and I lied to you about that. And I got in a fight with Mindy. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay, well, we forgive you, go, go back to bed. And, and the truth was, they, they explained to me later, they knew exactly what was happening. They knew that the Holy Spirit was talking to me and showing me that, that this sin problem in me exists and it's something I should be sad about because it's something that he doesn't want from me and he wants to take away from me. And I can tell you all through life, I have done this so many times. Not gone into my parents' bedroom in the middle of the night. but. Um, <laughs> But but I, I've I've gone through a stage where I'm like I thought I was doing better, and here I am. I'm mourning over something like God. I, I failed here again. I'm struggling here again. I'm just I messed up in this area. God, would you would you help me? Blessed are those who mourn. That brings us to the third step. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek, see. I don't know about you and your definition of meek, but when I first heard meek, I tend to think of like a weakling, like a Barney Fife type person. You know, like the guy who's got a gun but no bullet in the Is Like, I, uh, it, it, it's like just weak, weak. But the truth is the word meek means to bridle a wild horse. It's the bit. It, this word is translated, alliterated as a bit. So to meek something is to take something powerful and put it under the control of someone else. So to be meek is to take the power that you have and allow God to take the reins of your life and, and, and put it under his control. But the truth is, so many of us, though, in life, it's like, what, what are we taught? It's like, no, you're strong. You can do anything you want to do. Just be what you want to be. You do you. You get out there, and, you, man, you let them have it. Like, they don't, you don't deserve to be treated that way. You don't deserve to be overlooked. You don't deserve for them to, to, to ignore you like that. You don't deserve that. So we, we come up with pride instead of meekness. And we think, I gotta have my power and my strength, and we really think we're something, don't we? Think, if I just had it my way, if I was the president, I'd do it this way. If I was on city council, I'd do it this way. If I had kids, I'd raise them this way. Yeah, only people who don't have kids say stupid stuff like that. But, Meekness is power and strength bridled under control. What does that look like? Well, it looks, first off, it has repercussions with our relationship with God and it does with people. With God, first off, what does meekness look like? It looks like obedience. Well, God, you know, I, I think I could handle my money better than the way you want me to handle it, so I'm just gonna do it my way. I think I can handle my marriage better than the way you want me to. I know that you say not to go down this path, but I think I'm strong enough to go down this path anyways, and we think I'm powerful enough to go this way, and he says, but a meek person is someone who turns the reins over to me so I can use your power for good. You wanna just go use your power to see what you can get away with and what you can survive and, and hopefully not die from. But he's going, I, I, I gave you design and I created you for a reason where I wanna take your, your, your passion and your power and bridle it and put it under control and use you for good. Then you can have fulfillment. Then you can have happiness in life. Do you see how this is all starting to make sense? Now you're not just living your life for what you want but you're living your life for the way you were designed? Because I could tell you, man, I'm the first one to admit, every time I do life my own way, I regret the outcome. I, I need to put my life under his control. It also has, meekness comes out in our relationships with other people, too. You ever notice that? Because without meekness, we all tend to lean towards selfishness and pride. I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about what did they think about me? What did they say about me? What did they do about me? Can you believe that he just looked at me like that? Someone, you know what, I should just go tell him off. I should go mouth out. Someone needs to put him in his place. He's walking around here all prideful and stuff like that. I came in here and she didn't even say hello to me today. Can you believe she didn't say hello to me today? Can you believe she has the gall, the nerve, and the audacity to just look right past me? Uh, You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put her in her place. I'm gonna talk. you know what, you got a problem. Now, since you're rejecting me, I'm gonna reject you. So you don't have a problem with me, I have a problem with you. That's what we begin to do by our own strength. We say, whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta take this power and we gotta put it under control because maybe God wants to use the power that you have for compassion. I remember running into a couple last summer and uh, they seemed a little weird when I was talking to them. And I was thinking, man, what is it? Did I offend this person? What's this person's problem? And like, to be perfectly honest, just gut level honest, the more I was talking to them for a little bit, I was getting offended. And I, because I, I mean, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about number one. I'm thinking about Dan. How are you treating Dan right now? Right? Like you don't do it. <laughs> well, not thinking about me, but. <laughs> but <laughs> But how, how, are you treating, how are you treating me right now? I'm thinking about that, and it's just, they're awkward. And I'm like, I, I'm trying to talk to you. Why, are you. why are you acting like this? And it's like, you won't even look me in the eye. It's like, is there a problem here? And I'm just about to fire off and be like, what's wrong with you and when I found out that his father died? And I'm like, whoa. When the world stops revolving around me, I can start to see other people and other people's problems and other people's pains, and that is meekness. When, 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 when we take the power and the strength that God has given us and we say, I'm gonna let God control this and use this for good. You cannot get to a place in your life where you are happy until you take these first three steps. Of what? Of being poor in spirit, of mourning, and of becoming meek. And really, this is, this is a picture of salvation. When you recognize I am broken and I'm a sinner, and then the next step is I I don't wanna be broken, I don't wanna be a sinner, so I need to turn the reins of my life over to my creator, over to my savior. That's the first three steps. He's saying if you want to be happy, you gotta give your life over to me. And parts of these, you're gonna go back over and over again and you're gonna find yourself broken again and you're gonna find yourself mourning again and you're gonna find yourself wrestling with whether you're gonna be in control or whether God's gonna be in control, but you're gonna find yourself wrestling with these steps and that brings us to number four. Jesus says, blessed are happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I can remember as a teenager, I was a chameleon. I would fit into any different group I was in. If I was with the jocks, I would look like a jock. If I was with the partiers, I'd look like a partier. If I was with the potheads, I'd look like a pothead. If I was with the church people, I would bring out my Christianese and I'd talk like a church person. Bless God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, let's sing that awesome. And then I'd do it all over and over again. And It it, it was exhausting because I started having to think like, wait, what group am I in and how am I supposed to act right now? It's like there's this duplicity in my life I'm not I'm not the same person from one group to another there was no lack of righteousness no lack of right standing and it's like it was frustrating maybe you felt that way Are you the type of chameleon person where maybe at work you act like a certain thing maybe on the golf course you act different and it's like you find yourself I don't even know it's like why am I talking in this British accent with this group of people is this even the right group of people I don't I don't know It's crazy, we find ourselves sometimes living like a a two-sided life, but blessed are you when you realize that you're not satisfied with what the world has, but you want what God has instead. It's kinda like the healthy diet thing. I've been eating very healthy and very clean for the last several years. And it's so funny because if you go back and listen to my old sermons, you'll recognize I used chicken wings as an illustration in just about every message <laughs> that I taught. And it looked like I ate a bunch of chicken wings because I, I did. Um, <laughs> but, but as I have changed and as my, my, what I've put in my body has changed, my hunger has changed and the the honest to God truth is. It, it, it am I going to sit here and tell you I, it's not like I never want a chicken wing again, never want a piece of cake again? No, of course I do. But the honest to God truth is I know what foods are good for me and what foods make me feel good and fuel me for the day. And I know what foods make me feel like garbage for days. So it's like, I don't crave when they're like, hey, let's go out to dinner tonight. I'm not I'm not recommending let's go out and eat garbage food and junk food. I'm like, hey, where can we go get a good piece of fish? Where can we go get some sushi? Where can we do that? I know some of you are looking at me like what is wrong with you like no I, I, I'm telling you I had to get to a place in my own journey where I, I I recognize what was good for me and I've done it for so long what I hunger and I thirst for is that which makes me healthy and feel good and that's what exactly, and so I don't even want the garbage anymore. Is it still tempting? Yeah, but I don't wanna go down that road because I don't wanna feel that way. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Is, you're gonna be happy and you're gonna be blessed when you get to the point where you don't want what the world has. You don't want the pacification of, here's an alcoholic drink, here here's a drug, here's some uh, website, here's something to pacify you through the day. You're going, no, I wanna get filled up on his word. I wanna get filled up on his presence. I I wanna get filled up uh, in health, in wholeness when it comes to my spirituality, my my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, and my physical state all together, I want to be in right standing with God. And he goes, that is a step to being happy in life. These first four steps are like the preparation stage. They all take place on the inside, right? And then the last four, which we're gonna move through very fast, are the presentation stage. So if you wanna be happy, these things happen in your heart. You're, bro, you're poor in spirit. You mourn. You become meek. And, um, and, and then after that, you become one who hungers and thirsts for, thirst for God's righteousness. And then he moves on to the second part of the teaching, number five. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The first thing we do outwardly after we receive the change and the grace and the mercy of God, the first thing he says to do if you wanna be happy and blessed in life is to show that same mercy to other people. That's a sign of spiritual maturity. It is not a sign of spiritual maturity that you can quote the book of Romans. It is not a sign of spiritual maturity that you made it to 104 church services last year. It is a sign of spiritual maturity when you start showing mercy and love and grace to other people who are hard to show mercy and love to grace to you. And maybe they hate you and maybe they treat you wrong and every time you see them, they don't do it right and it hurts your feelings and you, you can become offended. And the Bible says, Jesus said, hey, it is impossible. Listen, Jesus said that something's impossible. He says, it is impossible that what, what God is impossible, that offenses will not come. Don't be fooled by this, you're gonna go through life and people will offend you. And, and I think that's the weird thing about Christians is are like, but I'm saved, I, what, they're saved too, why am I being offended right now? Why did they treat me like that? Because Jesus said, you are in a broken, fallen world and it is impossible for you to go through life without getting offended. He calls it the bait of Satan. It's something that causes us to be veiled where we get confused by what God's plan is for our life. So he's going, listen, you have to be someone who shows mercy. So when they offend you, forgive them. When they offend you, because here's the truth. Someone who's unwilling to show mercy has never looked at your own life and realized what God has shown you mercy for. It's really easy to go, oh, can you believe he treated me like that today? And then you spend a lot of time talking to God, and God will remind you, uh, yeah, you remember the hole I dug you out of? Remember how I stood you back up, and I'm propping you up and giving you strength and mercy, like, is his problem that big of a deal? Do You want me to judge him like, uh, judge you like you're judging him right now? The Bible's full of examples of how we are supposed to forgive people. Number five, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Number six, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Pure in heart does not mean that you're never gonna have an impure thought again. You're still gonna struggle, you're still gonna sin here on this world. It doesn't mean a lack of impure thoughts. If so, the Bible would not tell us that you need to take captive every thought and run it through the filter of whatever is good and whatever is righteous and anything that is lo- lovely and anything that is noble and anything that is true, think on these things. No, uh, purity here, pure in heart. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, um, Uh, I'm looking for sincerity. I'm looking for for authenticity. I'm looking for real. I'm looking for a life that's not duplicitous. I'm not looking for you to be a chameleon and act one way a certain way and one way another way. You're polluting the waters of your life with the mud of the world. He's saying, I want there to be a pure heart where you are just the same person with me as you are with everybody else. I want purity that way. And the truth is the world is looking for that type of purity. I can remember when my nephew, who I think is like 19 years old now, he was about 18 months old. And at 18 months old, uh, my, uh, we were over at my sister's house and my sister put on one of those face masks that's really attractive, right? The whole, the green goop thing that goes over you. Uh, I, I mean, she she came out of the bathroom and the stain was on her and Eli heard her voice, my, my nephew heard her voice and looked up at her, this 18-month-old boy, and saw this monster coming across <laughs> the house and he just started screaming, ah, ah, ah. And he's hugging on us like, get me away from this monster. And my sister started going, Eli, Baby, it's me, it's mommy. Eli, it's mommy, it's me. And he is still just freaking out. Finally, the point where she goes over and she grabs him, honey, it's me. And he's looking at her and he starts poking her face. (laughs) Like what in the world am I seeing here because the monster I'm seeing is not the same as the voice I'm hearing. And. And the truth is, the world is looking at us as believers, and the world is poking around wondering, Are you wearing a mask? Oh, because you got your God is good all the time, and all the time. I'm blessed and highly favored. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I got a Christian sticker on the back of my car. Never mind that I just flipped you off, but it says that He is the way. That's why we don't give out too many fellowship church stickers. I know you people. It's like we want people to come here. Like, for crying out loud. It's like the, the world is poking around going, Are you real? Are you authentic? And Jesus is going, listen, when, when, you, when you get to this place where you're like, blessed are the pure in heart, I'm gonna just be who I am, a broken person who's forgiven and loved by God. When you get to that point, there is gonna be a happiness in you because you're not gonna be trying to live and, and play puppet show and play, uh, uh, play entertainment to the world and entertainment to other Christians. You are just going to be my child and you will be so blessed and so happy for it. And then he goes on and says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of God what is a peacemaker a peacemaker is slow to speak they're quick to listen they're they're full of the fruit of the spirit they're wise and we all know examples of peacemakers they're they're amazing people right but they can also be sickening people right because when you're having a bad day sometimes the last thing you want is someone coming in and going hey you're gonna get through it God's gonna bless you praise you amen It's funny, if you're a peacemaker, you probably ticked a lot of people off. (laughs) But the truth is, God wants us to become peacemakers in life because there's a difference between a peacemaker and the rest of the world, just like there's a difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer can come into a room and tell you exactly the temperature of the room. Anyone can do that. But a thermostat changes the climate of the room. And a thermometer, Speaking of you and I, we can go into the room and go, man, they a bunch of ticked off people, I had to it myself, ticked off people in that room, they are not happy with the way this is going down at work. They're not happy with the election results. They're not happy with this party. They're not happy with that party. They, they don't like this mandate. They don't like this regulation. And it's real easy to be a thermometer and point out, yeah, this is the problem, but God never called you to be a thermometer. It doesn't take a very smart person to figure out if a person's mad or not. He called us to be peacemakers. He called us to be thermostats, to come into the same room where everyone's ticked off and go, but praise God, we. St- still have our lives and he is still on the throne and he is still in control and we're going to be good. And I know that you disagree with them and you didn't vote for who they voted for and you don't like this policy, but you do like this policy. But the truth is we can all love each other and we can all respect each other and we can all get along because we all have the same God. So we should come together for what we know is true as opposed to separating ourselves for the little things that don't matter that we disagree on. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. You will look like my child when you bring peace into the room. So, if you want to be happy, let's have a quick review here. Let's go ahead and put these up on the side screens. We see that there are steps to this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? And that brings us to the last one. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the persecuted. Jesus is saying, if you wanna be happy, you're gonna get to a point in life where people are going to persecute you. They're gonna hate you because of me. Because the world doesn't know what to do with Jesus. Jesus. The dirt world doesn't know what to do with his teachings. So, so the world tries to crucify him, tries to push him off and push anyone that looks like him off. And here's why. When I start to follow Jesus' plan for my life and I get up here to a point where God is blessing me and he's making me happy and it's not working for other people that don't know Jesus, they look at me and they think, when you get to the top, when you get to the top, you know what people wanna do? They wanna knock you off. Now I know some of you sitting there right now and you're like, man, I'd love to just shake that ladder and watch his bald head bounce across the stage. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> but the more we look like Jesus and the more we let him change our lives, the more he's going to advance us and grow us and bless us and, and as we do this, we're gonna move up in life, move up in happiness, move up in our joy, move up in our peace, and the world doesn't know what to do with that, so like, what's wrong with you? And, and so many of us, we would look at this and we go, this is countercultural. it doesn't make sense because it, I don't, it doesn't sound like a happy thing to be blessed, until you realize, wait a minute, do you wanna be blessed so much, and do you wanna be so happy that people can't stand how happy you are? the type of happiness Jesus has for you is bigger than what you're looking for. Would you stand to your feet with me? Because I wanna ask you, let's, let's put these back on the screen. I wanna ask you to just take a moment of introversion and, and ask yourself, what stage are you on right now? Are you, are you poor in spirit? Are you mourning? Maybe you're at a place where you're trying to find a, a pureness of heart where you're, you're not just mixing the world's ways with your ways. I think what I wanna share with you is that in getting ready for this and preparing for this, my wife and I were praying and we talked about the fact that there are many of us who we look at anytime there's a progression, there can be a point where like, why am I not farther along? And that can be disheartening and it can be a struggle, it can be a frustration, but there's something that is just as difficult as maybe you would say at one point in my life, I was a lot farther along than I am right now. At one point in my life, I was a peacemaker. I came into the room and and people, the atmosphere of the room would change. But at one point in my life, I was someone who was pure in heart and I never played chameleon. I was always the same type of person. At one point in my life, I was someone who hungered for the things of God. But now I find myself broken again, just broken and mourning. And God, God, would you fix me? Would you fix what's going on in my heart? I wanna be different, I wanna change. And you find yourself mourning, going, I don't know what I did to end up back down here again. But God, would you fix me? Would you heal me? I hand the reins of my life back over to you, God. With no one looking around with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if, if you want me to pray for you because you find yourself in a cycle where you're not just going in a progression, but you keep finding yourself falling back down the ladder, I wanna pray for you today. So would you just hold your hand up so I can pray for you? Thank you so much for your honesty. Let me just be honest with you. This is the life of a follower of Christ. You can get confused and you can get deceived into thinking that once you start a walk with God, everything's gonna get easy and you're never gonna mess up again. That is not true. We are sinful. And when we mess up, the good news is he is faithful to complete the work that he started in each and every one of us. So God, I thank you that you give us a plan and a path for how you've designed us and how you want us to be happy and fulfilled in life and blessed in life. And I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room who uh, who, who are just struggling and feel like I keep, uh, I keep trying to follow God. I keep doing good for a while and then keep messing up. God, I pray that you would help us. And, and just like your word says, as a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up every time. Help us to get up again. Help us to keep moving forward again. Help us to keep climbing again because we want the full life that you have for us. So Jesus, meet with each and every one of us today. I pray that this would not just be another cute message, but your revelation uh, word would cut deep into our hearts. And it's in Jesus' precious and powerful and mighty name that we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen, Amen. Let's give them a shout of praise. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Jesus. Well, church, I love you. So glad that you're here today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Come back next week. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Doesn't matter that it's a holiday. It matters that we get right into his presence. So thank you for joining with us online. We love you. Text the word fellowship to 94000 so we can get in touch with you. You have a wonderful week.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us here at the church at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.